Welcome to the podcast of Ben Kruska, where every Wednesday there's a fresh word of faith and victory for your life. Now, here's Ben Kruska. Jesus, of course, was spending time in prayer and it, 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 it did something in him. The Bible says here that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness uh, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But here after 40 days and 40 nights of praying, spending time in, in, in God's presence, what happened in verse 14? Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So he came into the wilderness filled with the Spirit. But then he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Well, a lot, we can credit a lot of that to that time of prayer that he had, spending time in the presence of God. Well, we can take an example from that. Everything we see Jesus do, he gave us an example to follow. Because he he was 100% God, but he also functioned 100% as a man. In every way, he became like us. So he could become a faithful high priest. The Bible says that Jesus, as a high priest, is not touched, he is not left unmoved by our feelings of infirmity, by our weaknesses, you could say. It talks about that in Hebrews. He, he was tempted in every way like us, but without sin, right? He became fully man, and he functioned on earth as a man. Under the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why he did not do any miracles, no signs, no wonders, until he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, some uh, uh, other parts of Christianity, some other religious parts of Christianity, they believe that Jesus, you know, when he was younger, he was like healing a dove and the dove would fly away and like different things like that. And that he would, you know, his mom didn't have enough food and he would multiply the food in the house. Not true. Not in the Bible. Amen. So the Bible says actually in, in Cana of Galilee, in John chapter 2, this very first miracle, this beginning of miracles Jesus did and showed his glory when he turned the water into wine. So that was the beginning of miracles after he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. But you can be anointed, you can be, you can ha- you can be filled with the Spirit, but not walk in power if you don't have a prayer life. Jesus gave us that example that he had a place where he drew his strength from. Every one of us needs that place. Our own secret place. Our own place of fellowship with the Father. Like Jesus said in John chapter 15, where he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you bear much fruit. But if you don't abide in me, you can do nothing. Because without me... Outside of me, you can do nothing. John 15, verse 1 through 8. So we have to abide in him and let his word abide in us. Well, prayer plays a big part in that. Many people, they have like this this one concept of prayer, and that's all they know. Where, you know, in the morning when I wake up, I have to kneel by my bed. Thank you, Jesus, for today. And then that's it. Or maybe during dinner. It's like, thank you for the food. Blessed in Jesus' name. Om Jesus will. Amen. Or at night. And it's all good, good moments to pray. And we should pray for our food. We should thank God for the food. It's sanctified by our, our thanksgiving. But prayer is more than that. Prayer is more dynamic than that. Prayer is more than just a set time or a set thing. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a fellowship. Prayer is a, there's different types of prayer which we'll discuss in this class. 
Bless you. See, he caught it. <laughs> no, I rebuked that. He didn't catch any. He caught the Holy Ghost. That's what he got. That's the only thing you can catch in this building. You can catch the Holy Ghost. You can catch a spirit of faith, but no infirmities. Amen. <clears throat> but look here at the end of chapter 4, of Luke chapter 4, in verse 42. Jesus had been, you know, he had returned in the power of the Spirit. He starts preaching, you know, whole cities being shaken. But then what happens? People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. Revival's happening. Luke chapter 4, verse 42. What does Jesus do? In the height of revival. It says, now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him. And came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities as well. Because for this purpose I've been sent. Why did he withdraw? Why did he de depart and go into a deserted place? To pray. Many people, they're like, oh, if I can have all this success. And you know, the, that's great. The public thing is awesome. But the only, the strength for the public ministry or the strength for the public power comes from the secret place. Jesus knew that and he gave us an example. We always say it like this, minutes with God make hours with people. But hours with God make minutes with people. Do you know what I mean by that? Let's say somebody comes here and I've spent only minutes with God that week. And that person has a, is in need of a big breakthrough. Then I need to spend hours with that person to get them to that breakthrough. But if I spent hours with God in the secret place, then I only need a few seconds with that person because the power of God is there present to heal or present to deliver. Hours with God make minutes with men. Minutes with men, minutes with God make hours with men, right? Jesus gave us, gave us that example. He withdrew himself and went into a deserted place. You see that again, next chapter. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Luke 5, verse 15 and 16. Again, healings are taking place, different things. It says, however, the report went around concerning Jesus all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear. And to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Isn't that amazing? Great multitudes. How many ministers would you know today that when there's great multitudes to come and hear, that they would withdraw from the crowd? <laughs> That's what everybody's looking for. Oh, crowds, crowds, crowds. But Jesus knew the only way I can effectively minister to that crowd and have something to give to them is when I spend time in that secret place. So he says, it says, he often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. He, he made a conscious decision to get away from the busyness of, the, of life. You and I have to make that same decision once in a while where we draw away. Some people say, well, I don't have time to pray. Jesus had to make a conscious decision to withdraw himself. If anybody didn't have time, it was Jesus. Barely had time to eat or to sleep. 
He had to make room for spending time with God in his schedule. And it do that doesn't happen on its own. You and I, we have to make conscious room for that ourselves. We have to be, how do you call that? We have to be intentional about that. When we look at our schedules and we look, when we look at our lives, what, what's scheduled first? For me, I'm a task-oriented person. I, I love knocking things out. I love being busy. I love doing things. I stay busy. So if it's not something that I schedule, then it doesn't get done. So what I've learned is like, okay, I, I make it part of my schedule. I make it part of like, and I make it the first blocks in my schedule. Some people say, do you have time for this? No, I don't have time. Well, what do you have? I have an appointment. <laughs> I'm an appointment, my, my, my primary appointment. Some people don't have time for their families because they don't schedule time with their family. Prioritize these things. Prioritize God first. You know, when, when, you, when, you, when you fill your schedule, it's very easy to fill it with a bunch of stuff. It's like having like, a, like a, an empty aquarium. You could fill it up with a bunch of sand, but then you don't have room for the rocks anymore. But if you put the big rocks in first, then you could throw still all the sand in there still and it all fits. Same with your schedule. You need to put the big blocks in first. And then all the little stuff can still fill up. Right? So the big blocks, time with God. Time in the secret place. Time in the word. Time in his presence. Time in church. Time around other believers. Time with your family. And then, of course, work. And then, of course, you know, fun or fitness or whatever, you know, different other appointments. But then you have your big blocks scheduled first so that when little things come up, little sand, and it's, they ask, do you have time? No, I'm sorry. I already have this big block there and I can't move that big block. That's how many people, their whole prayer life gets choked out by the little sand. Does this make any sense to anyone? Yeah. So we have to prioritize, keep the main thing, the main thing, keep the, uh, keep the priorities straight. Jesus had very clear priorities. He knew I'm totally ineffective in the crowd if I'm not there withdrawn, tanking up, drawing. If he needed to draw strength from the Father, how much more do you and I? Amen. Who's ever, who's ever noticed that when you, when this goes on, uh, when this goes on the back burner that you get more fleshly or more touchy or more like old patterns or burned out or like discouraged who's ever noticed that it's like oh my gosh well sometimes we think oh i need a vacation well the first thing you need is presence time in god's presence and then sure take a vacation but really ultimately the vacation doesn't Fill us, fill that tank up. Because we're first spirit, then soul, then body. Many times we give our body a rest, but really it's our spirit first that needs a rest. That needs that revitalizing. Where does that come from? Of course, services, receiving from God. Many people, every time they come into church, the only time they come to church is when they're serving. Don't do that. Don't do that. We tell our, all our teams, hey, leave room where you're just sitting in, you're receiving. That's important. But also that your time in church, your time in the, in the crowd, to say it like that, does not replace your personal time with the Lord. 
Is this too much ABCs? Huh? It's good to be reminded of these things, right? Jesus was very conscious of that. I, I, I need to withdraw sometimes. He even told his disciples after their ministry trip, you know, he had sent, you know, the 12 out and the 70 out, you know, to go to different towns two by two. They're, you know, preaching the gospel, repent, and, and, and they're laying hands on the sick and they're casting out devils and they're coming back and they give good report. And then Jesus says, come, let's get away and be separate for a while. Let's rest for a while. Let's refresh. Let's tank up. You can't always be giving out. You also have to receive. Amen. Jesus did that. Well, the first thing that I want to say is Jesus prayed alone. Jesus had different types, different variations to his prayer life. The first thing I want to highlight is he prayed alone. Later we're going to see he also prayed with others and he also prayed for others. But the first one I want to really zoom in on, he prayed alone. Some people only have a prayer life through other people's prayer life. It's important that you withdraw yourself and go alone with the Lord yourself. Jesus said in Matthew 6, that when you pray, go into your secret place, close the door behind you, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. In other words, where is that secret place for you? Where is that, you know, closed door where, where, where everything else is shut out and it's just you and Him? Do you have moments like that? Maybe in your car, maybe under your shower, maybe laying on your bed, maybe you have a specific chair where you sit on, maybe, you know, at the kitchen table in the morning before breakfast. It doesn't matter. Maybe on your bicycle, maybe walking outside, you know, in the, in the forest. Maybe when you walk your dog, it doesn't matter. But a place, it doesn't even have to be a physical place, but just like a, a set apart moment, you and him. The Lord longs for that. You know that? He loves that. Jesus prayed alone. He often withdrew himself in the wilderness to pray. We just saw that. It wasn't even a once in a while thing. It was an often thing. We see that again in the next chapter, Luke 6, verse 12. Right before he calls his 12 apostles, you know, out of all his disciples, he chooses 12. Why? Where does he get the wisdom to choose these from? How does he know who to choose? Well, he asks, he asks his father. Luke 6, verse 12. It says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. One of the first things that I want to do when we have our own building is I want to do all night prayer meetings. He went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Just him on the mountain with his father. The son of God. Imagine that. He's God himself still praying. <laughs> Why? Fellowship. Receiving. Wisdom. Strength. Direction. Input. Where did Jesus get the wisdom from? Where did, like even when um, 
when uh, Peter came and they, Peter had been in the city and the tax collectors came and said, hey, does your master not pay his taxes? And Peter said, yeah. And he comes to the house and Jesus is in the, in the house and he says, Peter, before you say anything, what do you think? Should the sons of kings pay taxes? No, they asked taxes from strangers. So Jesus already knew what he was going to ask. Then Jesus says, hey, go and fish. And the first fish you catch, there will be a gold coin. You pay our taxes, both yours and mine. Without Peter saying anything. How did Jesus know? He, 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 of course, by, by the word of knowledge and by you know, the, uh, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. But he was sharp. How? Through that prayer life. It's not enough to just one time be filled. That relation must be developed. That relationship, you know, that, that intimate knowing of. The Bible says the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. That word fear is not necessarily like I'm afraid. That fear is a worshipful reverence. So the secret of the Lord is with those who worshipfully have reverence for him. In other words, ze slaan acht op hem. They have high esteem of him. They have high esteem for his wisdom. High esteem for, for, for what he has to say and what he thinks about the situation. So the secret of the Lord, the secret counsel of God is not for everyone. It's for those who fear him. So in other words, for those who value his opinion and his thoughts and his heart. And what does he think about, the, about it? Who, who, those who value that enough to draw near. It's so easy to just draw our own plan, live our own day and invite God in every now and then when we're in trouble. But Jesus had that constant flow of communication from his personal prayer life. Thanks for listening to today's message. To be notified of new episodes, just hit the subscribe button. And to connect with Ben on social media, you can find him at Ben Kruska on Instagram and Facebook.